Welcome to the Instant Journeyman Podcast Monday Motivation Series. I'm your host, Jeremy Andrzejewski. And with the Monday Motivation Series, we're going to go ahead and start off by interviewing successful businessmen and women, entrepreneurs, athletes, award-winning chefs, healthcare professionals, and so on to learn what drives them to be successful and what keeps them motivated once they are successful. So if you're having a rough week, or just need a little bit of a, a kick in the ass, uh, that's what we're here to do. So uh, please enjoy. And today's guest is Samantha, or as I call her, Sam. Uh, she is someone I met back in 2012, 2013, when she was working at Epic Hybrid Training as a coach. And she also ran a ton of obstacle course races with us. She is oh, just a fun-loving person, very exciting, uh, very energetic, and just awesome. And the reason I had her on today's podcast was uh, because she's very unique, too. She has uh, She's a trainer by day, a physician assistant by night. She lives this dual career where she's treating patients in the ER and also living out her passion as a strength coach in New York City. She's helped a range of clients from getting out of pain to conquering feats of strength, you know, and, and, and kettlebells are her specialty. She focuses on the biomechanics of movement patterns and how they are applied to kettlebell training. Uh, she's always encouraging everyone to live up to their fullest potential in her sessions and overall in life. So I, I brought her on because she is a blast uh, and I hope you enjoy all right welcome sam how are you today i am doing lovely thank you enjoying this nice weather <laughs> absolutely absolutely and and uh little fun fact is uh you and i share the same birthday if i'm not mistaken i know we do <laughs> i was gonna say our birthday's next week yeah yeah so, so yeah, we, uh, we, we share the same birthday and, uh, we met through, um, Epic, uh, Epic hybrid training when you were a, a trainer over there. Um, we, uh, I used to take a lot of your classes and then we started hanging out and, you know, grabbing dinners in the city when I would be there and whatnot. And it was just a lot of yeah. fun. We, we, we built a good friendship and, uh, always had a good banter. So I, I said, you know what, I want to have her on the podcast and, uh, and, you know, let everybody hear how awesome she is, as I know you are. So uh, <laughs> welcome, welcome to the podcast. And uh, I, I guess we'll just get started. So we are, you know, it, it, you're, you're in a very unique situation where you are a physician assistant and you work in the ER in New York City at a hospital. And, uh, and not only that, but you said, that's not good enough. I also want to go ahead and... <laughs> be a, a, a fitness icon or, 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 or whatever, uh, you know, a trainer and, and, and everything. So uh, I, I find it very interesting because on the fitness side, you are preparing people to be healthy and everything else like that. And then on the, you know, physician assistant side, you are, you know, keeping people healthy by fixing them. So, so go yeah. ahead and, 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 and let us, let us know how you got to where you are in your career. Like where, where did you, yeah. how did you decide to do both things and how did you become a physician assistant and what made you want to become a, a fitness instructor and things like that? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So, you know, dating back to, you know, schooling, I was getting my undergraduate degree in kinesiology and I originally was pre-med, like straight up bio, biochem, and really did not like it. Um, It was just like too much. So uh, my brother actually introduced me to this kinesiology major, which was essentially the study of body movement, exercise, phys. And I finished off with a minor in biology. And what that degree pretty much exposed to me was just the science behind the fitness world. And I thought that was cool. It wasn't just like moving and working out, but there's actually like something to this. So um, at that time, to my understanding, I thought that getting a master's in exercise phys was just like research and didn't know like what things that could go into, you know, go into that until now. But I decided to go into medicine. Um, I really loved medicine. I think it was really cool of getting into just the physiology of how our body works and being able to use it, manipulate it to help people. Um, So I continued on to get my physician assistant uh, master's degree. And during that time, I got this random email from my uh, school, Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Med, And they're like, oh, we need a fitness instructor to teach, you know, fitness classes. I'm like, huh, well, I have a bachelor's in kines. It can't be that hard. (laughs) So (laughs) I responded back and they're like, hey, I'm like willing to teach a class, you know, group classes. So um, at this medical school, I started this class and um, I, I laugh now because the class name was Butts and Guts. And ultimately, it was like a hit workout that was targeting the abs and glutes, which is, you know, I wanted it focused towards girls. And um, it actually turned out to be a really popular class, too. I believe they still have it on their like syllabus on campus. Um, And during that experience, I was like, holy crap, I really enjoy teaching, working out and teaching other people how to move. So um, I told myself at that time, once I finished my master's degree, I want to be a coach. I want to be a trainer, something along those lines. I didn't know exactly what it was. So um, I, I, I always was a big mover. I mean, I grew up, my dad was an Olympic lifter my whole life. So, you know, our vacations was me at the, the gym and us like seeing him compete in meet. So that's just kind of like what my life was about. Um, and I always wanted to continue that as I got older and into my, you know, age and career. So when I graduated, I was looking at jobs in New York and this is actually how technically you and I got introduced is I found Alex's ad for Epic on Craigslist. Um, and it was a gym and I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll just make up this resume and see what happens. Um, and he emailed me right back and was like, Hey, can you come up for interview on Monday? And I was like, oh, I'm already actually going to be there. Cause I was interviewing for ER jobs. And literally at the same time, I got a job at Epic working as a trainer newbie. And I got a job in the emergency room up in the Bronx. And I literally started both careers at once. And I, at the time, honestly, I didn't know what I was doing. I just kind of like, I really love fitness. I really love medicine. Why not do them together if I can, you know? Um, so I uh, started working and as like the years developed, I realized that there's really something to this of understanding the difference between preventative medicine, which is health and fitness versus reactive medicine, which was the other side of emergency medicine. Um, and 
understanding that there's really not a bridge between those two concepts. And I ultimately was standing in the middle of those two understanding from the medical world and also understanding from the fitness world. And then I started realizing there's something to this that I can be that liaison or be that bridge to help other people understand like where I'm coming from. Like if you do this, this, and this, and this, and live a healthy lifestyle, you probably won't have to go see your doctor as much or don't have to go to the emergency room for, you know, unnecessary things that you can prevent. Um, so that's when the wheel started turning and developed into, you know, my own business now of just trying to have people understand like proper movement, enjoying it. And ultimately that keeping them from having poor health as they get older in their age. And essentially that's where I'm at now and really love the combination of the two. Um, I really love speaking from a medical point of view because uh, my clients will understand of where I'm coming from, of why I'm doing what I'm doing. And then from the fitness aspect, um, you know, also telling my clients like, it's okay, like to, um, it's okay to, go to your doctor and not be afraid to go to your doctor. Cause I realized that there's a lot of fear there because if they get injured, they go to their doctor, their doctor says, you can't work out, you can't do this, this and this. And I don't necessarily agree with that. And I'm kind of like that voice to say like, well, what exactly is going on? And let me see those MRIs. Let me see those CAT scans. And maybe we can get you to a physical therapist instead versus not moving. So just trying to be that voice for people from both aspects. And that's kind of yeah. where I am now. I, and, and what I what I find very cool and, and we'll, we'll share your Instagram handle and whatnot, but I, I find that you do like a lot of not traditional movements. So like you, you teach the movement of the entire body and not just like lifting, you know, so I, I I'm, I'm always very intrigued with that. Like I, I see I see a lot of times you, you'll say like, OK, you have to, you know, you have to you know, focus on this and do some, you know, weird, you know, like almost like bear crawl type, you know, thing or, you know, unique movements. So I, I find that, that that's very mm -hmm. cool. And, and when you do get injured and you can't do the lifting and like, you know, the meathead things that most people think about when they say, I'm going to go lifting, you, you find a way to kind of get them still moving. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Because I don't believe there's any point in life where you should not be moving. Because if you're not moving, just like any other living thing, that equals death, right? You're not progressing. So I think that is the same thing as applied to the human body. If you stop moving, then it's just kind of regressing. Um, so there, it's just ultimately it comes down to meeting the client where they're at, knowing what they need and giving it to them and slowly progressing them up towards what they can handle. Um, and I think something that's really missed is, you know, trainers in the world is us are, as a trainer, we have an objective towards our clients, but it may not necessarily be what they need at that time. And we have to understand and meet them where they're at. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. And when you, when you take on, you know, new clients and whatnot, you, you, you sit down with them, you give them like kind of not, not like a physical, but you, you assess where they're at. And then, you know, if they come to you and say, I want a six pack, and then you're like, Oh, they're not really even close to that. They should really work on this, this, and this first. You, you have that conversation with them or is it, you know, you just go with what they want? No, I definitely have the conversation because I ultimately like don't want to set them up for unexpected or unrealistic expectations. Right. So if they're saying I want a six pack, actually, this did happen where someone who said they wanted to lose 20 pounds within four weeks. I'm like, no, I was like, I can't I can't accept that. Like, let's readjust 
these numbers and let's try to make it like a healthy weight loss. And ultimately, if they're not okay with it, I was like, I can't hire you. I, I can't take you on because this is not what I believe. Like, yeah, you can starve yourself for four weeks and work out to the day's end, but that's not healthy. And I don't promote that. So you're going to have to look somewhere else and find another trainer that will do. And unfortunately there are some out there, but, um, <laughs> right. you know, the, <laughs> the, the big point is no, I, you know, have a good understanding of what expectations should be based on where the person is and just try to help guide them to have a little bit more realistic goals. And that's what it comes down to, right? Goal setting. You need to be able to set a realistic goal. And sometimes a client doesn't really know what realistic is. So it's our job as the professional to set those standards and set that expectation for them if they don't know and kind of go back and forth. Very cool. And now, like I said, I, I like to, you know, have people on this that call or this uh, podcast uh, that I deem, you know, successful in, in multiple you know, areas of life. So what what keeps you motivated to keep going? Like mm -hmm. you've reached a certain level of success, right? You have a, a, a great job. You're, you're in the ER. Uh, you have, you know, a, a multitude of clients uh, in your, your fitness aspect of things. You have a pretty strong, uh, you know, social media game, if I may say so myself. I, I, I think that you, uh, mm -hmm. you know, you, you, you even have some, not sponsors, or, or maybe they would be called sponsors, but you have some like collaborative, mm -hmm. you know, people, I guess. And mm -hmm. you continue to drive forward. Like what, what keeps you motivated to, to want to push to the next level is, is the question. Because a lot of people, once they hit success, they're like, all right, I hit it. Now what? I'm just going to relax and, you know, do whatever. So what drives you to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it's, it's all of you guys, all of the other people, my clients, people, you know, that follow me and whatnot. When I get testimonies of like, wow, that really helped me out. I was able to improve this. I was able to get out of pain, able to lift um, this weight. This is my new, you know, personal record. That is my like fire behind my engine, you know? And I'm like, crap, if I, cause my mindset is always global. I want to get global. I want to get worldwide to be known you know, not only just in New York City, but to be known in the United States, to be known all over the world. And how do I put my business out there and put myself out there to become that, you know, because ultimately I just want to reach as many people in as lives as possible because I know I have something good. I know that I'm educated and can teach and everything. And I want to use that to help other people. And ultimately that is my, that is my, um, you know, motivation every single day. Cause I will tell you, I mean, essentially I'm running two full-time careers and it gets exhausting and I know my limits and know I, when I need to stop, but it's, there's not a point where I'm going to be like, all right, I'm just going to stop a career. You know, um, I always want to continue forward because I know what I'm doing is helping others. And that's ultimately is what is important for me. And the reason why I got into both careers. Yeah, I, I like like I said earlier, I, I'm, I'm amazed. You you do have two full time careers, so it's it's impressive that you can fit everything in at once. And you'll be happy to know this podcast is global. I uh, I have seven listeners in France, um, and and I have one in Croatia. <laughs> I have no clue why or who or how, but I I think it's so funny. I I because I get a report every week of like how many people listen in each state and each you know country and everything else like that so it's it's pretty funny so you're 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 gonna you're gonna That's be global awesome. soon <laughs> <Woo -hoo! 
Um, no, so, awesome. so uh, you know, to kind of switch it up a little bit, what time do you wake up daily? Because are, are you an early riser? Is it is it a seven day a week thing, or is it maybe just like during the week work week you wake up early, or do you sleep in? You know, I I'm I I'm, I, I just uh, hung out with a uh, you know a bunch of family and, and friends uh, mm-hmm. this weekend, and uh, we rented a cabin and whatnot, and I I'm, I'm, I'm I, I sleep until like seven thirty eight o'clock. Right. You know, mm-hmm. then I just like relax a little bit. I, I was talking to my buddy. I cannot get up and work out at seven thirty, eight o'clock. You know, I, I love midday workouts like noon, one o'clock, you know, during like, lunch hour. <laughs> those, those are the greatest, you know, because after work workouts mm-hmm. are just like, shit, I got to get it done. Mm-hmm. You know, so like what, what time of the day do you wake up and, and, you know, and why? Yeah. So uh, it all depends, Jerry, just because my schedule, ER schedule is all over the place. So if I'm working, you know, at 10 to 10 to 10 p.m. or to 12 p.m., I'm going to be getting up a little bit later than, you know, my 7 a.m. And every week it fluctuates. Like, for example, this week I worked till 7 p.m. I'm off today and then I work at 7 p.m. tomorrow overnight. And then two days afterwards, I'm back to another day shift. So it varies. Um, But if I were, you know, to have more of a consistent, I'm definitely like a not, you know, early, early morning, but seven, uh, I would say like eight. But this is my routine. Regardless of what I'm doing, I can't wake up and just hit the, you know, ball roll and I have to wake up have my coffee, sit, read, and like have that gradual wake up so that I'm good to go by like 12. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'll answer emails, I'll listen to lectures. I definitely like chill mornings. And then um, like you, I love midday workouts. Hence, you know, I'm going to the track today with Rachel's telling you about. And, you know, it's at noon, perfect time, still not too late. Um, and the only times, honestly, I will work out at night is if I'm working a, let's say, seven to seven ER shift. And as you can imagine, working 12 hours doing anything is draining, but also working 12 hours in the emergency room, your brain is just like mush. Yeah, so it's I fried. found that, do, yeah, it's, it's the worst. And honestly, the, the worst thing I can do is just come home and just sit. So I found that doing light movement, um, especially in the summertime, I love going biking and I'll just throw on my bike and I'll just bike like easily uh, 20 miles and just kind of like processing everything that happened. It's not too strenuous on my body or too energy, you know, not exerting as much energy. So I've learned that's been such like a mental relief um, for me versus doing like a hardcore heavy lifting session at eight, nine o'clock at night, which is kind of crazy, you know. Yeah. So that's more or less like my <clears throat> chaotic daily routine. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. Now, and that kind of leads into, you know, the, the, the next question I had, which was like, how do you le- relieve stress? Like you have mm-hmm. a very, I would assume, a very stressful life in the ER. And then, you know, with, you know, fitting all your clients in and doing all that, you have you know a little bit of stress there. And then I'm sure there's other stress outside of that. You know, just living in the city is stressful, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. so what? You know, how do you relieve stress? I I know that you said you know a 20 mile bike and things like that, but how do you do? You, do you meditate? Do you do you work out? Do you eat? Do you starve? Do you you know what is what is your stress mm-hmm. relief? Um, you know, fix. Yeah. So, uh, it's it's not just one thing. It it 
depends on the type of stressor. Um, and I pretty much gotten to a point where, you know, I just can listen to my body and be like, all right, I feel stressed. This is why I feel stressed. And this is what will help. So like, for example, like I told you, uh, the 12 hour ER shifts, I know that light movement is best. If it's like emotional stress or dealing with like a friendship, relationship, whatever, I actually notice that hard workouts, heavy, for some reason, heavy kettlebell swings get me through it. I don't know why, but I'll just go to the gym and just pick up the heaviest bells and just swing until I just don't feel stressed anymore. So um, when it, yeah, and it, it's so weird because I don't know if it's just the adrenaline, like that I'm getting from this stressful situation or this person that's stressing me out that just fires me, but I'll run myself to the ground. Like I had a situation this past summer where this person just like, just got really under my skin and I just went to the gym. I don't even think I ate. I'm not saying that this is healthy, but I didn't eat all day. I went to the gym, had this crazy amount of energy. As soon as I finished lifting, I went and went and um, running for another like 30 minutes and after that, I still was going. And I'm like, where is this energy coming from? And the only thing I could think of was this, this stress that this person was causing on me. So that's one thing. Um, and then, you know, so I would say number one, number one is movement. Uh, for sure, it's just what type of movement is based on the type of stressor I have. But then there are times where I need to just sit and chill. And what that looks like for me is drinking a glass of wine. I was going to say bottle, but that's kind of true. But a glass of wine. And, um, <laughs> and that is my other stress reliever. <laughs> Ultimately, it comes down to a bottle. But, um, you know, it's just sitting and just chilling and relaxing um, and just staring at a blank wall, which sounds really weird. But like when so much is going on in your head, just being in silence it's been really helpful. And I guess you would call that meditation, meditation with wine. So <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. And that's, I mean, those are, those are some good options that people, you know, some people don't think about. Some people say like, Oh, you know, to relieve stress, I just need to like, you know, do this or this or that, you know? So there's a, there's a, a multitude of things that you just outlined works for you. And, you know, people can obviously look at different things and say, Oh, this would work for me or this wouldn't. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Now, the last and, uh, but not least, the million dollar question, I call it, it's uh, if, if there was a billboard of you in Times Square, right, it could be you, uh, you know, in your ER outfit, right, in your scrubs and whatnot, it could be you in uh, athletic gear, it could be you riding your bike, it could be you swinging kettlebells, it could be you on the beach, you know, drinking uh, margarita or whatever, um, mm -hmm. what, would, what would it say? What would it say? It, ha it has to be you, and it ha and, and you can tell me what the billboard would look like. But you have to let me know what it would say. I think, um, actually, I don't think I know. It would say you're stronger than you think you are. That's something I truly believe in, and something that I love <clears> tapping <throat> into other people and just saying, you know, like yeah, you think you can do this or lift this, but you're stronger. You're stronger than that. And you just don't know it yet. And you may just need someone to help you know, tap you into that. And that's not just with lifting strength, but emotional, mental, um, all of that stuff. I think it's really well-rounded. So definitely you're stronger than you think you are. And as far as picture, it probably would be like some, like, I don't know, like epic badass picture of me lifting something heavy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's plenty of epic badass pictures on your, on your Instagram. So you would, you would find one for sure. Yeah. And, and I, I love, I love that that works on 
on, on multiple levels, right? It works on the, 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 the mm-hmm. athletic or fitness side, but it also works on the mental side. So that's really cool. Because, you know, a little, little insight a lot of people don't know, but you are a badass uh, competitor as well. You, you've, I don't know if you still do any <laughs> of it, but you, you, uh, you know, you, you raced the Spartan races and you've done the 24 hour mm-hmm. challenges that we've done. And so you're, you're, you're pretty badass there. And, and I think that that's, mm-hmm. you know, kind of where you probably got some of it is, you know, you're stronger mm-hmm. than you think you are. Cause you probably pushed yourself to the limits and we're like, Oh shit, I didn't realize I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. So. And you know, you're right. I think it, that's where it really started was Epic with you guys and Alex just being like, you know, <clears> no, <throat> just keep going. And we're like, okay, <laughs> you know, so yeah. it definitely was a lot of like, you know, molding, you know, how I am now and how I think now to a safe level, of course, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, borderline, but borderline. <laughs> right, <laughs> but right. no, I, I, re- I really appreciate your time. You are always a fun person to, to, to hang out with and, and talk to. And, uh, you know, yeah. keep, keep plugging away. I'm, I'm really uh, having fun just, you know, kind of. On the back, on the sidelines, watching how how successful you are growing and, and doing everything. So awesome! Keep it up, and uh, thank, you. thank you so much for for uh, taking the time to do this. Of course, appreciate you having me on. All right, let's go ahead and give a quick shout out to our sponsors, SaberCon Concrete Restoration for all your concrete restoration needs in South Florida. Why don't you give Jim and Scott a call? And VitFit Keys, where Mel will kick your butt into shape, now offering Zoom classes.